The QC Pod is a production of the Queen's Podcast Lab. For more, visit queenspodcastlab.org. This is the QC Pod, a podcast about the people, ideas, and projects that make up the Queen's College community. I'm Joseph Cohn from Sociology. Today we're going to talk to Mindy Rindris, former Senior Vice President at APT SRBI, uh, a current full adjunct professor in the Data Analytics and Applied Social Research Program here at Queen's College and the Data Analytics Mentor in Residence. Professor Rindris is also a graduate of our Data Analytics Program from the 1990s. And we're going to ask about the program, how it's evolved over the years and what stayed the same. My co-host for today's episode is Ryan Sperry in Sociology and Data Analytics. Mindy Rindris on the history of our Data Analytics Program coming up next. We are here with Mindy Rindris, professor in our department, former senior vice president of, uh, was it transportation? What was your title at? Uh, at well, I was, a, I was a corporate vice president and division head where I specialized in transportation and environmental issues for uh, the last place I was at was Apt Associates, which is a very yeah. large consulting firm. Yes. Like I think a lot of students, you, you don't realize that Professor Rindris had an extremely successful career, and she's a product of our program. I would not to put you on the spot, Mindy, but like you're a Hall of Fame alumnus, and uh, I don't know if students understand how lucky they are that you have sort of you've spent years giving back. It's an act of charity, and we have really relied on you for years since I've been here. Uh, we've relied on you. But you you might not know that she was, in fact, a master's graduate from back in 1993. You know, a lot of schools might find it odd that data analytics comes from the sociology department. You would expect it to come out of the computer science department or mass or statistics department or economics. But at Queens College, it's come out of social. Why? Well, Sociology has a very, very long tradition of uh, specializing in applied real-world social research, and a lot of it was computer-intensive. And Mindy is a product of the program from the 1990s. What year did you graduate, Mindy? 1993. I was only two then. I just want to... (laughs) who were the professors what was the program like back in the 90s uh well it's um there were certain classes that uh, are exactly the same as they are now you uh we had a two sequence computer applications uh, which is probably one of the hardest sequences that we have in the department today. It was still hard even back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and, that's the trial by fire part of the curriculum, right? <laughs> and Andy Beveridge, renowned Andy Beveridge, actually taught the course then. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting for me is I was already a uh, an adult coming into the master's program. I wasn't a kid. And I was already in the business world for whatever, 15 years or so. And I understood how to do the analysis, but I always had other people in my company who did perform the statistical functions, gave me the data, and then it was up to me to figure out what the implications were and what do I see in the data. 
And now I was beginning to learn how to do this myself. More than, more, moreover, I was actually learning how to use a computer because in those years, you know, when I started the program, it's not when I graduated, but when I started the program, computers weren't as prolific in the business world as we see today. We didn't have computers on our desk. We still had typing pools that <laughs> yeah. were, that were, Wait, were typing, typing our stuff. Explain what that is. There are people who don't know what that even is to make reference to. Well, if you were uh, buying for business and you were writing a proposal, you used a pen and a pad and you wrote everything down on a pen and a pad and you turned it over to a department where you had stocked. It was almost like, what was that movie with the computers? What was the movie with the computers that won the, uh, that just came out? They weren't people. They weren't computers. They were people. NASA. Uh Anyway. We had a typing pool, and these were people who were responsible for taking your handwritten material and putting it in a form that was typed, on, usually on an IBM Selectric, not even on a computer, and uh, it was it was ready to be uh, sent out. So we did not even – I learned how to type when I was in high school, but we did not type. Our right. desks had no computers on it. And, and interestingly, I do show in – when I teach um, – uh, presentation making. When I do, when I teach professional communications, which I haven't for a while, I actually do show a few photos of me from when I started in the business to show what my desk looked like, because it was full of paper up to up to here. It was very paper intensive with bulletin boards in the back and all of this stuff because we did not uh, type our own material. So, oh, wait. I, so I have a question. So we at <laughs> Queens College, we've always been about encouraging people to use technology to make better decisions. And you're saying back in 93, it was more a matter of telling people, you know, you could use a computer to do stuff. Is that the level that? That's right. That's right, (laughs) Joe. And in fact, I can tell you that one of the things that happened when I graduated from the program, and I'm really, remember, the span is really from the late 80s into 93. So by 93, people were starting to use computers. But back in the late 80s when I began and I was taking computer applications, it was not around. But what I did do was I brought the computer into work. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So what, what one of the takeaways from the program was the insistence that we all have our own PC. And okay. so very slowly, mm. the company, it wasn't apt at the time, it was another company, but very slowly, the company began to transform into a more independent technology uh, yeah. used company. We actually had a dedicated room where the computer sat. If you wanted to use a computer, you had to get up off your desk into this computer room like and cluster. use one of the, a cluster and use one of <laughs> these computers. And it took a while for mm. it to, reach your desk and of course there was always the pecking order you know sure of course (laughs) who got the computers first but and we're still using floppy disks but and that was the end of the typing pool so what did the naysayers the anti-computer people say what was their big argument against computers at the time well also at the same time the (laughs) companies in my in the industry were very male dominated and mm-hmm. so I think that there was this major concern now that they were going to be doing a lot of secretarial work. And many of them were uh, not were not mm-hmm. um, literate in how we, and sitting down at a computer and actually typing your own stuff. Or or the older folks, and we see that even today, right? And we see that for some old faculty, didn't want to now relearn 
a whole new program when they were used to having their personal assistant do all of this stuff for them. So it was it was a very different um, feel. And can I ask a question? Was it, yeah. was it used mostly just for word processing at that point, or were you doing data analysis on the computers? Or It was in those years, it was in, in my immediate department where we had, uh, you know, count people. We were still using it mostly for word processing with very simplistic statistics with Excel or something like that. We were not delving into SPSS. And when I learned... When I was in the program, I learned SAS. SAS was the program we learned. Hmm, okay. And we learned it on, a, we, we learned a Unix version of SAS. Oh, yeah. So, we, and we were using 386s even in the department. So it was a very different, I, I have to tell you one story though. So Andy Beveridge, right. Dr. Andy Beveridge was teaching us, very dedicated. I don't think any of us would have survived without him. And if you look at the cohorts that graduated with me or right before me, we were all very connected with Dr. Beveridge because he held our hand throughout the whole thing. Um, And he sat in the lab with us till 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night or was available at one o'clock in the morning. If the, if your own personal computer got stuck or things fell apart, it Mm -hmm. was, it was a a very high level of dedication. He kind of set the stage for how I operate now with my students. But um, what was interesting is we had 386s. So you would put in the program for SAS on your 386 and you'd go to sleep. And then you'd wake up at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning and you would hope that you didn't forget a semicolon or you know, like a SAS. You didn't oh, forget a proc, whatever yeah. and the thing actually ran because otherwise you'd have to start all over again at three o'clock yeah. in the morning to get the thing done. Um, but anyway, that, that sequence was um, as difficult then as it was, as it is today, even for the sure. students. Um, so I would say that that's true. Beyond that, I had an opportunity to experiment with some other kinds of classes that were given at the Graduate Center where you had some, you know, cross-pollinization, and that was a lot of fun. By the time I was done, um, I was already on my way moving up the ladder at work, but there is no question that by the time I was done, I had the confidence I had, I was already ahead of the game with understanding, uh, compared to the other folks in my company. I was way ahead of the game and understanding what could be done, the efficiency of what could be done and the independence of what could be done. And I just took off. It just, I just took off right away. The MA program was wonderful for me. You know, what's interesting to me is just, it's really how what you were doing then is just like what we're doing now. Uh, is this a product of Andy's philosophy? Like who, who, who sort of is the, you know, who, who started this whole thing, this whole applied computing intensive? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know who started it, but I could tell you that Andy be very much, a, you know, in those, in those days, especially very forward oh, yeah. thinking. He was, mm-hmm. he could forecast the future and his crystal ball said, this is the way to go. Oh, yeah. And so we went this way. There was still were some differences. There was still this notion that you needed to um, really have a marketing research bent rather than a social data analytic bent, because that's where the industry was at the time. Sure. It has since changed, of course. And especially since we were looking to um, recruit from the New York metropolitan area where it was very marketing research had a very heavy presence. In fact, right. I was pulled in from some marketing material from an industry uh, 
listing. It was either an advertisement and an industry brochure or something that came in the mail to me, maybe, because I was a member of an organization. And it was just very appealing. It was right up my head. All the classes that I needed as a market classic, green beans and hairspray, market research type of person, which I was at the, in those years. And and we still had the, we still had faculty. Joanne Miller taught, um, you know, uh-huh. demography, which also <clears throat> put, you know, demography. Who thought of demography as something you would want to know even as a market researcher? But that also put me uh, as a leg up in understanding what was going on. Oh, now it's obvious, but back, And now yeah. it's obvious, right. Wow. Mindy Rindris, class of 93, all to one of the all-time great graduates of our program and a pillar of our community today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You've been listening to the QC Pod, the podcast about all things Queen's College. We're on Twitter at QC Pod and on the web at queenspodcastlab.org slash qcpod. Our theme music is Lake Monsters by John Flansburg of They Might Be Giants. I'm Joseph Cohen. Thanks for listening.